Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my buddy Seth Robinson. Seth, where are you? I'm here. I'm in Chicago. It's uh, it's hot here. You said it's hot there too. Well, I guess it's on its way. Today's mm. sort of a, a, in the 60s still, but I looked because it's the weekend coming up. I looked at the weather, and it's supposed to be in the high 80s. Typical Indian summer type situation here in New England. So. I know you don't like the hot weather, but I'm kind of holding on to it. Yeah, um, I'm not a last, fan. I know. I like the last gasps of summer before it gets cold, because mm. um, it kind of goes from summer to really, really cold here very fast. But well, that's what I'm worried about, right? It's like I feel like we have a, a defined number of days that may be nice, and if we get hot days in the middle of those, then it's like too bad. Uh, you don't get any more nice days; it's just going to go cold. <laughs> Very analytical way to approach it. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> like it. So what's up for the weekend? Anything exciting? Um, not too much. Uh, pretty quiet weekend. Uh, got a cross-country meet to get to. That's early, so hopefully the heat won't be too bad for that. And then just kind of kicking around. So I like it. Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's nice. I, I, could, I could use a weekend like that. How about you? Yeah. Uh, well, I got a short weekend because I'm getting on a plane Sunday to head to a conference in Austin. Texas, back to Austin from where we were just were uh, for ChannelCon a month or so ago. But uh, tomorrow should be a nice day. Don't have any plans. So if it's going to be in the high 80s, I'm seriously thinking going maybe out to Maine, go to the beach, see what's going on. It usually gets really quiet there in September, mm. believe it or not, even when the weather's nice. So you can go and it's a, sort of a peaceful little thing. We'll see. If I get my chores done, you know, then I'll go. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. But anyway. Off to Texas again on Sunday. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Um, I thought this time around we'd talk about some workforce issues. There have been a couple <laughs> things that have come across my radar screen that I've shared with you. And uh, to anyone out there that's listening to us, if you've ever been on CompTIA's website and and you may have seen some workforce studies and you're, you're reading those and you're thinking, I don't know if those two knuckleheads on Folly wrote about this workforce study, then... <laughs> You would be right. Uh, we have another member of our team that focuses a lot on workforce stuff, and we are thrilled to have her on with us today to help us through some of these issues. Uh, her name is Amy Carrado. She's the Senior Director of Analysis here at CompTIA. And like I said, she looks a lot at these workforce things and skills gaps, so she's going to help us out today. Hi, Amy. Hi, Seth. Hi, Carolyn. Thank you for having me today. Oh, we're psyched to have you, Amy. It's always good to have another member of the team, someone could be smarty pants for us about subjects that we aren't necessarily experts in so welcome thank you that's how i feel about you too and this is definitely one of my most favorite subjects to uh, research here awesome cool so so like i said there were a couple things that came up um i was at a workforce meeting last week um looking at the state of illinois and their workforce and and what can we do to, to prepare candidates for some of the jobs we have. And, and I think that they were looking at a lot of different areas and, and there's you know some focus maybe that's needed there, but that was, that was one thing. And then there was an article that someone sent me that I ended up sending both of you. It came out of MIT, uh, it's on their technology review website and the title of the article was The Myth of the Skills Gap. So there have been all of these discussions recently. Uh, obviously, Jobs in America is a big topic, and there are some jobs going away, and there are some jobs coming, and, and everyone's trying to get a handle on what those jobs are. 
and at the same time, there is this notion that a skills gap exists, that a lot of the jobs that are coming are going to be focused on technology or they're going to need technology skills. And so we have this notion that employers are looking for candidates that have a lot of technology skills and they're having trouble finding those candidates. And so I would like to just kind of peel those apart a little bit and, and try to get down to what do we think you know, some of the truth is? What do we think could be done about it? What do we think is happening in the market? Uh, I don't know if we have all the answers, but um, it's definitely a big issue. And CompTIA in general does quite a bit around this. Uh, and like I said, nationally and probably globally, um, this, is, this is something that people are getting more and more interested in. Absolutely. Um, I'll chime in here and then Amy, I'll hand it over to you. But uh, what I found interesting about the MIT article, I mean, obviously it is a provocative headline. So um, just calling it the myth of the skills, uh, IT skills gap is um, going to pique anybody's attention. Uh, and I think there's some truth to that. I think we certainly have a number of issues going on in terms of workforce and the supply and demand of labor in this country to meet those type of more high-level skills that a lot of companies and employers are demanding today. But what I found interesting about this article was that he takes a deep dive into you know, the perception that it's all the supply side that's the problem, not being the labor pool out there. They're not skilled enough. We can't find the right people, et cetera, et cetera. But there is no onus being put on the employer, employer or the demand side um, to be taking any uh, self-interest in this in terms of making sure that they're sending out the right messaging about what they want in, a, in an employee. So rather than just saying, all of you need to go out and educate yourself better, you need to get higher level credentials, you need to do this, this, not really being specific about how that a particular skill they may gain maps to a particular job role. There's a disconnect there. And so somebody could go out and get all of the credentials in the world, work their butt off to do so, and then they're applying for jobs. And it really doesn't matter that you know how to do high-level statistics or it doesn't matter that you know how to code, for instance, for this particular job. So I think the message that I got from the article was that it's incumbent upon employers to, pay, to play just a bigger role in trying to bridge this gap uh, than simply putting all of the work on students who are coming into the workforce and those who are in the workforce uh, to become, you know, more skilled at what they do. Yeah, definitely. And as far as uh, the IT professionals, the ones who may already be working for these companies, they want to learn more. They want that professional development and training. They, they welcome that. The companies are doing an okay job and they've gotten better, but they're still definitely some more room for improvement as far as having maybe a little bit more formal training programs, partnering with other types of organizations, maybe whatever is even available just locally, um, looking at locations. Is there a university close by? And a lot of companies, of course, are ahead of others in those areas and bringing in um, new apprenticeships or internships, a, a way to address maybe skills gaps and there's still some room to grow as far as um, when they're looking to hire new candidates too. Are assessing the IT skills gap study and on top of other re research and analyzing job postings, how come there's some key characteristics missing in, in job postings? How come they're not listing either um, certifications that are that should be required for jobs or credentials or even degrees pro programs of studies of the majors? There's some disconnect there still between HR and the IT hiring managers, it seems. 
Interesting. Yeah, I did. I did see in, in the article, the MIT article, that uh, one of the things that he did point out is that um, you know at a company level, employer level, there may be a lot of belly aching about the skills gap. But very, very few of these companies are doing comprehensive on-the-job training for their current staff. They're looking for the steady of relying on these employees to do that themselves and look outside externally. So they're neither, as you mentioned, Amy, they're not providing this kind of formal training in-house, nor are they doing a good job of partnering with association, associations like CompTIA and other types of uh, universities or uh, community colleges or any uh, other types of institutions that could help their employees up their skills game. So I think we've got it's a bit it's a chasm I think between between the employees and the employers today and uh, the more meeting in the middle that we can do the I think the the better job we'll be able to do to kind of bridge this gap. Amy, do you have a sense from the work that you've done whether we're having a debate about is there a skills gap or or how big is the skills gap? I, I think. everyone can agree that there is a challenge in the workforce right now or in finding candidates. There's some kind of challenge there. And like Carolyn just said, there's this chasm between employers and employees. Do you have a sense of what the root cause of that might be? Like if you were to sit down with a CEO and say, what is it that you're trying to do that is creating this dynamic in your workforce that, that you need to address in some way? Yeah, maybe part of it is just uh, the nature of IT itself. It's evolving so much, and if you're not working in the field, you don't really understand it. Um, Like myself, I'm not in IT. I'm in research, but I study the workforce. I I, I still don't claim to understand how technology works, but um, that might be part of the problem there. There's um, for these businesses to grow and be more successful, they really need to embrace that technology and how it's evolving. Otherwise, their competitors will be far ahead of them. And then just keeping up with the subject matter itself, um, the field is changing. If, if a student starts a university program, and there's the IT professionals, they, they recognize they, they need the, a college degree, also uh, a certification to, to, to remain current in the field. And, and then there's so many different fields and areas, security, data, cloud, tech support. It's just saying I mean, we clump it all together sometimes in this discussion, but that that's part of it too. There's all these different um, avenues within IT. I think you hit on a really good point there, Amy, is that this, you know, the, the umbrella of the IT industry and the job roles that are within it is so diversified. So you can't point to everybody needs to learn this skill or these are the it's, it's It's impossible. And like I said, I think it's really important for employers to define what exactly skills they need for their specific niche industry, whatever it happens to be, and, 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 and correspondingly for employees to find their niche area that they're good at and pursue those skills and then map them to the right jobs. But trying to define, like you said, everybody gets lumped together into one big, okay, we need a lot of skills. And the IT industry, it's just, you can't define the industry itself as one monolith. It's just so diversified that you almost have to find your lane and then pursue whatever credential certification professional development that you need to do um, to be able to be successful in that lane. Yeah, and then... IT professionals themselves or students looking into that as a career, they, they, they can start off in one field and then grow into other fields. There's so many different ways you can start in tech support and go into management or security, go from data analysis to con- 
consulting. There, there, there's all different tracks one can take. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that description of, of what's happening out there in the world makes a lot of sense. That that technology is changing. The nature of technology is changing, and at the same time. The, the feeling that I've gotten looking at some of these uh, articles that have come out and our research and being part of some of these discussions is that the center of gravity or, or whatever you might want to call it for, for where businesses want to be with their technology is also shifting. And I think that's creating some confusion. And you guys have mentioned that, that you've got sometimes a disconnect between a hiring manager and HR in, in how you would describe the job. And the way that I would put it is, I'm kind of simplifying here with some of these terms, but I think the way it sort of manifests is a company is saying we need a cloud architect because we want to get into cloud computing, we want to expand, we want to do these new things. But this may be a company that's never even had a server administrator. They've never really had a very formal IT function. They've outsourced that. They've not been trying to do strategic things with their IT. They just have it in place and they hope that it doesn't break. And for them to be moving up and saying, hey, we think we need a, a cloud architect is is taking a pretty big bite. And so all of a sudden you end up with them having a, a need or, or expressing a need for a skill that's in very high demand when the better path for them might be to take that lower demand, more popular, more accessible skill of server administration and then move themselves as a company and move that skill more into a cloud world. I feel like that's one thing that's happening. And then secondly, as that center of gravity shifts, the somewhat unfortunate repercussion of that is that a lot of technical skills do require a slightly more advanced uh, education. Uh, And I know I ran into this a couple years ago when I was helping out our foundation with a project with Goodwill. Goodwill does a lot of job placement. They put people into jobs and they were trying to figure out how to put some of their candidates into technical jobs. And we were describing, you know, that typical entry point for IT job might be, you know, the help desk, and it requires kind of this level of uh, reading education and this amount of math. And the goodwill people were kind of coming back to us and saying, that's not where we are. You know, our candidates are lower than that. And so we're describing this entry level position that's a little bit more advanced than their typical candidate. And I, I think that that is a reality. I, I think that there are definitely some skills around technology and, and that use technology that, that can be a little bit lower skilled. But in general, when we're talking about adding technology into more and more jobs and wanting to get more people into technology, we are talking about kind of a, a slightly higher um, base requirements there. Is that something you found in the study? I don't know if we looked at that, Amy, or not. Is sort of, is that the high-tech industry requirements maybe are a little bit higher for you know as vis-a-vis some other comp- other industries out there? Oh, that's for sure. There's a different view towards the IT towards the skills gaps and IT skills gaps specifically depending on what industry they're in, and um, of course a little bit more advanced type of companies a little bit more further ahead are in the IT industry and but the say for example educational institutions or um, the mix of healthcare or any other non-IT industry they they could use a little bit more help with defining even defining the um, like assessing the skills of their current employees Mm. 
Yeah, that seemed to be one of the things that came up in the MIT article was, you know, um, employers will find themselves in this position where they are unhappy with the skills level of existing employees or they don't know the skills level of existing employees. And rather than assessing them, as you said, Amy, and then retraining them themselves, they start to look to the outside and then they get disappointed with what they're finding on the outside and unable to hire. And it just sort of is this kind of um, vicious cycle rather than just deciding, okay, we need to take the bull by the horns and do some retraining ourselves. One of the things I don't think we've talked about here, which I thought was interesting, is this isn't just about technology skills. And I think, Amy, your study found this, and I've read some on this as well, but um, many companies are complaining about, you know, skills gap when it comes to trying to hire people with the right soft skills, whether that's sales, marketing, you know, uh, customer service, whether that's a technical person being capable of being um, a good project manager and putting together a team and managing a team and being collaborative, all of those types of soft skills that are so important in today's workforce. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about that, Amy, because I know there was some definite um, data that came back in your study about that, that it, it, this isn't just about whether you have some high-level technology skill, but whether or not from a workforce perspective you can fit into a work environment and, and bring to the table some of those soft skills that are so important. Yeah, that issue has always been around that need for soft skills and some of uh, the members of CompTIA, especially through our IT services and support community, um, they really focused on give me someone who has all the soft skills and we can train them with the the technical skills entry level or higher level. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side too, when we're doing a lot of the research among the IT professionals, the ones maybe at, at more staff level as opposed to the IT managers or IT executives, they're really saying give me my employer needs to give me more employer support if they want. If they want to run more efficiently, if they want me to do my job better, they they need to provide me with the adequate resources. And um, such a large portion are are saying it's pretty lacking in that area, unfortunately, still. And that's a great way to highlight, I think, where the onus lies on trying to solve this problem. Because I think even if we call it a skills gap, that implies that the, the, the onus for solving it is on the, the person that needs to get the right skills. Right, exactly. Um, and I, I, we've, we've kind of mentioned it a few times here, uh, you know, but Amy, you really just put a stamp on it there by saying that so many people need some more support. And if we're talking about an issue of we, we need people that have you know, more skills than what they're coming out with, we're not talking about looking at a K-12 education or looking at what universities are, are doing necessarily. This really has to be a collaborative effort across all of that because there, there's so much that has to get packed in here. And especially to get to those advanced skills, we're not probably talking about someone with a four-year college degree walking out with some of the advanced skills that people are looking at. So. Uh, I know, Amy, you've looked a lot at what employers are, are doing around this, but uh, I'd be interested in hearing some of those things and also hearing your thoughts on if enough employers are understanding that they need to do something. They're recognizing they need to do something, and they, they do a mix of providing some support, um, even if it's a little more informally around, they'll suggest employer or employees attend the conferences or webinars and not, not necessarily go out and obtain a, a degree. Uh, um, but they also recognize that hey, we, we don't have a 
a formal professional development program in place and we don't say that it, this type of training or credentialing is required among IT employees every uh, certain time frame. They're, they could just throw, throw more resources at it. Maybe they, maybe they need help defining what the program is. Mm-hmm. Are employers looking at third parties, you know, like CompTIA, do they make use of the resources available to them to help retrain or recruit the right employees with the right skill sets for them? I mean, is, is there enough awareness out there that, you know, the, the, the general population of employers is taking advantage of that or are we is that something that's that's lacking right now and that more um, education needs to be put out there that these are these are resources that are available yeah they I mean especially I would say more so the organizations who are in the IT industry they are working with groups associations like CompTIA to help in those areas but especially awareness needs to be bumped up in those other types of companies. I mean, things depend too also on company size, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Larger companies, they have more resources and they, they usually have a little bit more formal programs around professional development or hiring criteria, things like that. And micro-sized companies, if they have less than 10 employees, they're looking at different things they want to do anyway. Um, but that, sort of a sweet spot almost is that middle size firms, the the companies with 100 to 499 employees, it's like they're still looking to grow and maybe it's growing pains. They, they, they could especially use help with um, groups, trade associations, CompTIA, uh, in helping uh, better define their workforce, their skills, hiring requirements, uh, career paths, just um, all the different types of resources they could use for employees. Yeah, you know that that kind of mid-level size company. They a lot of them have their one foot in the in the past and one foot in the future, and they're straddling that. So they have to figure out how to, you know, continue to continue to foster their existing business, um, which you know many of their employees are doing just fine. And while they're also simultaneously trying to get into near new areas and grow, which is going to require a workforce with different skill sets, but financially, operationally, you name it, that's a delicate dance that they've got to do. Yeah. Um, it's a very complicated space right now. And, and I again, I think that even the, the fact that we talk about something like a skills gap might might put the focus in the wrong place. There, there are so many places to put the focus. I think it's a, a, a multifaceted approach because mm-hmm. the problem has become so complex and we haven't even gotten into diversity issues or issues with multiple generations in the workforce which are some other things that we've looked at and I know Carolyn you will be looking at with a diversity study coming up but I I think that Carolyn you kind of said it at at the very beginning this this chasm whatever it is sort of a mismatch between what companies want where they want to go and what they're getting from a candidate pool or what they even have with their existing workforce. There are a lot of issues that need to be solved there. We have a lot of resources that we would love for companies to use. And Amy, from your description, it sounds like a lot of companies are are recognizing that they probably have to have a little bit more skin in the game, that this isn't something that the universities or, or school systems or some other organization is going to churn out these perfect candidates and then they can just assemble the pieces and and ride off into the sunset so i've really enjoyed talking about this with with both of you i I think this is 
good stuff. I know we have a lot of initiatives within CompTIA looking at it, and I think it'll be fascinating to continue to unpack it and, and try to highlight some of these definitions and, and nuances that help drive the discussion in the right way. Agreed, agreed. I think we'll be revisiting this topic for, for some time now, and hopefully, Amy, you'll join us again. We've enjoyed having you very much. Thank you very much. All right. All righty. Well, another in the books there, Seth. Have a great weekend, both of you. Yeah, you two have a good weekend. <laughs>